and welcome to this week's episode of the Nesson Dorma Draft. We are using the draft conditions, the pressure, um, to look back at perhaps the last great World Cup. I'm interested in my guests' uh, thoughts on that. It is France 98, 25 years ago. Now, we have Rob Smythe with us. How are we, Rob? Are you confident you can follow up the strength of your Euro 96 um, uh, 11 with one here? Um, no, but hello. <laughs> uh, Gary's here as well. Hello, I'm very confident I can make exactly the same mistakes as I have in other draft shows, which I'm about to do. Consistency, Gary. So it's consistency, yeah. Gary. It's what every, every manager looks for. And our guest this week from the garden is Jacob Steinberg. How are we, Jacob? I'm good, thanks. You? I'm very well. Um, France 98, Rob, what were you up to? And... Where does this sit for you? Because maybe I'm just showing me he's doing that thing that all men that show at clouds always do. It's not as good as it, as it used to be. But I thought this is an exceptional World Cup. The strength and depth is brilliant. I think you, maybe a transition in terms of formation that you're really seeing fullbacks come to the fore pretty much across the board. Um, pace coming across the board. Athleticism really coming to the coming to the fore. And if it wasn't for that, incident that made the final a farce I think this may have been the all-time best with the greatest striker up against the world's greatest defender in, in the final um, that would have just been been perfect but we can't have it all where would you put it mm. yeah I think in my lifetime it's, it's definitely one of the most great games um, yeah I don't know exactly where I put it it's hard, so hard with these things isn't it actually part of age in terms of where I was it's like a recurring theme for nine stuff but so it was the last year of university like Argentina, England was the night before my grad ball, so I can still vividly remember people just throwing plastic glass in the air when I had scored, everyone just getting deluged. Um, that's kind of where I was, didn't have a clue what I was going to do next. Uh, certainly didn't think I'd be doing a draft on the internet about it 25 years <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I was up to. Yeah, it's a really enjoyable tournament. I think I've appreciated it slightly more with hindsight, partly just because at that age, you're kind of wrapped up in your own world to some extent. Um, and I think I realised subsequently just how good, particularly that half of the draw that had like Argentina, England, Brazil, Netherlands, mm. all those games are fantastic. So, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, probably the best, not in my lifetime, but that I properly watched, which would start with 1990. Yeah, I would certainly go with that. Just the strength and depth. There's no nonsense. I mean, obviously, Croatia get to the semi-final, but they're a, you know, they're a, they're a proper team. Gary, mm. what were you up to? Yeah, well, um, I was a relatively new father my elder boy had turned one and my recollection is that i saw a lot of this world cup so i can only think that his mother uh took him to sweden but we didn't have a home there then that arrived in 2000 so i can't quite work out how i was both parenting and watching the world cup at the first at the same time but i suppose it must have been uh that blurry haze of uh absence of sleep and everything Kurt. you just wait and see um <laughs> it does rather blare things um but yeah I, I remember it as a very fine world cup i confess i do like european world cups you know the matches are on at traditional times and there's a certain you know it's it's exotic but it's not so exotic that you're in south africa or something with the the, the light being so strange um and yeah i i went to paris uh, soon after its completion to watch the final stage of the Tour de France. And um, 
the the team were everywhere. What was the the slogan? Blanc uh, Noir or something? It was the, uh, mm-hmm. the the multicultural team. One of the first, most obviously multicultural teams to play uh, for a European nation. And um, France were very proud of it at the time in Paris. I wasn't too keen on being there for the Tour de France because it was the year of the Festina affair. So half the cyclists didn't make it to Paris. So it was all a bit of a damp squib, rather like the final, but we'll come to that later. Jacob, you must be sickeningly young at this time, um, possibly at a time in life where you have the space to just properly absorb absolutely everything that's going on. Yeah, well, I remember watching England-Tunisia after, I think, a maths exam. I think it was <laughs> at school. So we sort of watched like the second half, um, yeah, in the classroom with, I think, when we turned on by that stage, England were 1-0 up and just managed to see that Paul Skulls goal and everything. Uh, so, yeah, there was a fair bit of that going on at that, at that time of life. And um, I'd go along with probably what's been said up there as in the last 30 years or so, probably the best World Cup. Um, I mean, I was at the last one in Qatar, and that was obviously, with the final, was was pretty incredible, probably the best game that I've been to live. Um, but maybe, I guess, for sheer consistency across the knockouts, it's hard to pick out a weak side. Um, maybe we'll get onto it, I don't know, but, you know, even even that England team were probably, you know, that that, that got to the only the second round might, sort of actually give i don't know the england team that gets the final in euro 2020 uh, a good game mm. and and even then you look at the the run that they might have had if they if they'd gone on and beaten argentina mm. that that night it would you know would have been a absolutely incredibly hard run if they'd if they'd gone on and potentially got to the final so so yeah it's uh definitely up there yeah, um, is that Des Lynam's Shouldn't You Be at Work uh, introduction <laughs> yeah. for that? that Shouldn't you that, be in an uh, English exam? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I was 17. I just finished like my first year of uni. Uh, we go to uni early up here. Um, and I had nothing planned for that summer other than just <laughs> consuming um, all the football I possibly could. Obviously, a lot of excitement around here for that opening ceremony, opening game, and uh, a well-worn story. Um was to pass as it always as it always does. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder if that England team was was better and more balanced than the more fated um, and celebrated golden generation that was to come. Um, but I would suggest it wasn't Beckham's red card or anything like that. Um, it was not beating Romania because if you'd won that group, um, mm. you could have gone all the way, you know. Um, but there you are. Uh, I wonder if Graham Lasso will pop up or indeed. <laughs> over the next hour or so. Um, the important part, of course, is the uh, draw. Um, so I will share that now um, so that it's completely above board. There we are, the names there in alphabetical order. I will press the button now. Gary's up first this time, then Jacob, oh. then myself, and Rob is last again. Bless him. Twice um, in three. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bad luck. That that really is. Bad luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you, you think the integrity, the integrity, I am uh, compromised. I, I am nowhere near. Um, I'm uh, investigating the uh, <laughs> possibilities. 
Yeah. Um, which means we have to set out our stalls before we we, we pick a team. Gary, um, what formation are we going with? Well, I, I, I'm never particularly good on formations. Indeed, I'm always glad to get through these without picking... Uh, who was it? Uh, Tony Hedges and Rob Benson, as Mike mm. Bassett did in the, uh, in the film. So um, I'm going to go for a four-four-two, but it might actually be more of a four-four-one-one. But nah, uh, we, we can allow that. That's we the best that. I can do in these circumstances. That's that's fine. Um, Jacob, it's really just the three or the four, isn't it? At the back, there's still a few teams yeah, playing I- with three at the time, but. You had a few. England played a three, uh, but I'm going to go with a four-four-two because that's, I think, broadly what was getting deep into the tournament. So there okay. we go. I will as well. Um, probably with a diamond if we had to get quite technical about it. But Rob, yeah, given I keep coming out fourth, I might as well play a back four. Eh? Um, probably, <laughs> probably like the Brazil system, which was sort of a. Hassan Hootel, 4 2 2 2, but I'll depends who's available. But yes, a back four. Okay, okay. Gary, you have the entire. Yes. Board I have a full canvas from which to choose, don't I? Um, well, I, I, I know the player I kind of want most, but I've got a feeling, and I'm gambling here, that he'll still be available by the time. The baton comes back to me. So instead, I'm going to be terribly predictable and go not from A to Z, but from Z to Z and pick Zinedine Zidane. Okay. Obviously, he Here's was the big. Uh, I, I, I just want to say he was obviously the, you know, a, a, in retrospect, one of the great players of his time. But he was always, a, a, he was also, I think, a figurehead for. A, We've mentioned, I think, a particular kind of, of French team, a French team that that was uh, a product of um, the multiculturalism that France always denies exists um, because they consider themselves a monoculture. Um, but obviously he, he was of North African heritage and he captured, I think, a, a moment in French football, in international football, um, that he embodied, which has obviously been uh, a huge story. If you look back to, say, the Panini stickers of the World Cups before then, it tends to be monocultural European teams. Well, it wasn't after after that. So I think his his iconic status, without overusing that cliched word, also plays into if you can have Zidane in your team, you have Zidane in your team. Rob, last time we were on Jonathan or Euro '96, sorry, Jonathan O'Brien was was quite forceful on this point that he, he quite annoyed at one game or one moment, all of a sudden changing the entire narrative that you know this was Zidane's summer and or mm. it was someone else that we discussed on on that particular show. There is a fair debate around just how good Zidane was in that summer, given that what he missed two two games he must two have. Games. Um, he was yeah, sent off against Saudi Arabia, and he he he'd, yeah. he'd done a he'd set up a couple of goals, of course. Um, but, it, but yeah, my no, my my counter argument, I guess, is that especially when it's as concentrated as a month's football, moments matter, and yeah. big players step up in on big well, stages, none more so in the World Cup final, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because the two headers were set piece, like it doesn't devalue them, but you sort mm. of think. 
well, you know, in the right circumstances, Terry Fennick could have scored those. But um, I don't know why I keep going. What about Terry Fennick? Yeah, there's another, <laughs> there's another player in this tournament. I won't name him, but who, a similar thing happened, really, who was actually quite peripheral for a long time, a long part, but also did some extremely significant and spectacular things. Yeah, but I, I personally, I think Zidane's best tournament was Jury 2000, but yes. he did win the Golden Ball. He did win the Ballon d'Or. Um, and... I don't know what else to say. Good footballer, wasn't he? Knows. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was not bad. But again, this is supposed to encapsulate and encapsulate France '98. What I would say is there was a, a lot of creative pressure on him because yeah. the way they played, they had like it was like a Christmas tree, really, with him and Djokovic. Yeah. Djokovic, who was brilliant in Euro '96, uh, didn't have a great tournament, and then obviously quieter, yeah. front with Givash and all the other young lads who played a bit. So there was a lot of creative pressure on him. Um, yeah, and he yeah. scored two in a World Cup final. Yeah, so yeah, I don't. Jacob, uh, well, there are probably two or three players who I guess define the tournament. Zidane being one, and I'm, although he had something of a non-appearance in the final, uh, given that I get to go here, I'm already typing in Ronaldo. So okay, there we go, Ronaldo, because there wasn't a better striker in the world, or maybe a better player in the world, give or take Zidane at the time. Um, obviously, sensational before all the main problems started kicking in and what by that point in the final scored four or five goals I think so um, obviously didn't win the golden boot in the end but he was probably the best player in that tournament at the time the best player in the world so it's hard to go with somebody else no, no I think that's absolutely fair took his time to get going as did Brazil but when he did the he was just sensational. Um, that Chile game, I remember. He, was, he, he scored a couple, but he rattled the woodwork what, what, twice. Yeah. The bar maybe had yeah, the post. No. Um, it was good fun well. in Denmark. Yeah. yeah. The, the Dutch, that Dutch semi-final. I mean, that's, that's how often tournaments do this. That that would have been a, a fantastic final. Probably the two most attractive teams in the, the tournament. He was, he was absolutely sensational that night. Rob? It's worth saying, in modern parlance, he had the most goal involvements in the tournament, four goals yeah. and three assists. But they're good yeah. assists, you know, they're not um, mm. just any old... Can they, some assists in this tournament, you look at it and you think, well, yeah, that's just a kind of a Paul Pogba 10-yard pass assist or whatever. Um, I was really surprised when I kind of revisited this, how many people didn't have him in their team of the tournament. And this isn't a criticism, because it would have been my first choice as well, but there were quite a lot of reports, or quite a lot of journalists in particular, saying that, he was slightly out of shape or he hadn't lived up to the hype. I thought he was brilliant. And I, I assume that's because even at that stage, age 21, we were already kind of expecting a Maradona 86 level performance. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I thought he was, I, I, I've never seen a more exciting young player. And he was pretty much at his peak around then. Obviously, we'll never know what happened in the final. But the Netherlands game, there were two or three changes of pace and runs, were just absolutely exhilarating. So yeah, he'd have, he'd have been my first choice as well. Was he was he at PSV still then? Or no, he, he was at Inter. No, he had Inter. one year at Barcelona and then one year at Inter. So they'd almost won the league. Jacob will notice better. There was that dodgy game at Juventus, wasn't there? When he was, yeah, he should have got a penalty. Yeah, but he was right at his peak. It was the next year, I think, he started to have a few problems, and then the year after that, he had big problems, and he was obviously still a brilliant goal scorer. But I don't think he we ever saw this Ronaldo again. On a global I, stage, anyway. I think I think it's in the Bobby Robson film where they show him at PSV, and 
I think he was described as a kind of raging bull. And you, you see him doing these messy runs, except, you know, he's a light heavyweight boxer running at such pace and then finishing with such conviction. I think he was like 18 or something. And, you know, we... We, we see it. We saw Mbappe doing it sort of 30 years or so later, um, or 25 years later. But Ronaldo just had this elemental quality to him at, at, at that time. And yeah, I mean, a, an extraordinary force of nature, which was why it was so strange um, that, uh, that the final became mm. this anti show in the end. Yeah, he would have been my first. To, um my first choice he, he was I mean, literally a phenomenon um and yeah that that marriage of speed and skill um and it really became a bit of a a bit of a joke because of the the shape his body i guess getting to near the end but maybe a wee bit underrated was how he adjusted his game to be that more mm. penalty box kind of predator and then fill his boots at um a couple of world cups to come he obviously would have his redemption story but you're absolutely right rob never again would we see that um right so that that would have been my first choice um i'm going to pick someone that i've picked before on the draft um because um these these two tournaments are very close together uh i will go for um double sucker again um creation of superb of course many neutrals you know, favourites, um, great ball players in midfield, but there is no chance they get to that that, that semi final without um, um, Shuka. Um, yes, he, he ended up with a golden boot by virtue of that utterly meaningless um, third fourth playoff game. Um, but he he just was he just he just he, he did he did that job superbly well. And I'm not going to say carry his team there because, as I said, they got so many nice ball players in there, but. Um, he, he stood up and, yep, loads of goal scorers at this tournament, but none none better than he. So I'm happy with that. Rob, you have a double done, I think. Yep. So my first choice is Bicente, is that you say? Liz Oh, um, Rob, he was reason, the one I was gambling was going to be still there. <laughs> the logic of that is, I think, that's the position more than any other where he there's a greater kind of drop to the next player in my opinion um part of the possibly the greatest fence ever in international football mm, maybe mm, um mm. but by defense you have to factor in the fact they had two and a half holding players as well so it's like it's a big operation yeah. but even so i think they conceded what he didn't play the denmark game so i think they conceded one goal in 10 hours when he was on the field but he was also really good going forward there was a lovely goal against saudi arabia i think he makes another goal just such a quick smooth player um so yeah i'll have him and i am not sure about the other one uh so i'll go for turam as well because for the same reason really um uh probably the best defender in the tournament along with someone else who i won't name um obviously the, the croatia story is ridiculous Scored both goals in a World Cup semi-final. Played 142 games for France. Didn't score any other 141. Scores two goals in a World Cup semi-final. I mean, for God's sake. Um, at this point, he's playing centre-back, I think, for Palmas. But he could have obviously could play either. But he was like, perfectly good enough going forward. Just You were talking about athleticism earlier. And he was just so powerful, quick, smart. I mean, the, the, the only time I, there was a Spanish guy, whose name I forget, who gave him a bit of a chase to get Euro 2000s. 
but I can't remember seeing it in any other games. I'm sure there were one or two, you know, in every game you ever played. But um, yeah, I just think that those two were quite reasonably far ahead of the competition uh, and part of this amazing defence and also Ronaldo gone. So. Yeah, those are two huge picks. Um, I think it was a bit of a tournament. Not, not the most exciting, to be fair, but you know. No, but but it's a bit. But this is again is to capture the nature and the essence of this tournament. And I think fullbacks. I, I'm not sure if I would agree. There's a huge drop off. I think there's a loads of really good fullbacks. Yeah, but in, I, that, that kind I of think that kind of Yeah, a level above. Personally, um, I mean, but you know, I would say that. But what good. fullbacks were doing, I think, at this tournament, as was. <laughs> Shown, I guess, by Turham in that semi, we're just becoming uh, far more offensive um, and mm. um, that, that that kind of athletic attacking option. Um, so I, when I think of that France defence, I, I kind of do think about other players um, and especially the midfield shield that they have. But one player in particular is Marcel Desailly. So I'm red card in the final um, aside. Who cared by that moment? Um, <laughs> he was David. Yeah, he was the best centre-back in the world, I think, yeah. at that particular time. And again, if Ronaldo had you know, managed to be um, in full oh, normal health, amazing. that would have been an incredible duel in, in, in an incredible game. But um, I think that uh, many components of, the, of that, that, that French rear guard, uh, not just the back four, um, but I don't think there are any more important than Desailly. So I will what? go for him. A quick, quick one on him. Desailly at Chelsea... What happened? Like he wasn't bad, but I don't think the kind of maybe when he went there, he went straight after this. And for the first day, he has a bit. Of, I think he, I think he sure he played. They got beaten at Coventry anyway. They got run ragged by mm. Dublin and Huckabee, and I'm pretty sure he played with LeBuff. And he did, you know, he did perfectly well there. But it just felt like we never saw the player that he was for France and Milan in England. Well, maybe yeah. maybe I mean, I... staying on a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my introduction. My introduction to him was in, as a Marseille player because mm. oh yeah, of course, he yeah, yeah, yeah. played Rangers in ninety two, ninety three, and he was sensational. And then he just destroyed um, that um, Champions League final of of, of ninety four himself, and he just he was just again this this very modern footballer, really. Sorry, yeah, Gary. Brilliant. Well, I was, uh, was going to make a, a, a more general point uh, looking at some of the players here because my my memory of them is that. You know, in a in a what we've already said was a fine World Cup. There were some fantastic players, and because the Premier League was flexing its financial muscle, um, quite a few of them ended up in the Premier League, and they ended up at not the kind of Champions League European Cup sides. It was Champions League by then, um, but you know, Jokerf played for Bolton, did he, and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, albeit a few years later, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, they did. Yeah, I mean it's. They, but the the likes of um, Desai, I mean, he was he was good at Chelsea, but you you wouldn't have him as the same player who would uh, who had bossed uh, the the best defense in the World Cup and arguably one of the best defenses ever seen in any World Cup. Um, it was it was kind of it was a recalibration. It's possible, Gary. Yeah, it's possible, Gary, that Chelsea didn't quite have the. The, the the midfield rear guard um that that, that France yeah. did um and maybe he was maybe yeah, asked to do just, a, <laughs> just yeah. a wee bit too too much with um Michael Dubry whatever um Jacob um who who are you going to uh, compliment the greatest player in the world with? 
Well, um, just just because I guess because it feeds into Gary's surprise at, at, at certain players ending up at Premier League sides. One one of the players that I that I really liked at that World Cup, maybe because of him bursting forward um, and, and scoring a, a incredible goal in probably one of the biggest shocks in in the game uh, in, in in the tournament. Um, so a player who had a very very odd spell at Coventry. And mm. I don't know if it rings a bell at all. Oh yes, it's yes, a yes. right back, <laughs> and it's the uh, it's it's you know the right back that you may, maybe go for when Turam's not available, but it's Croatia's Robert Yarni who goes yeah. and scores that incredible goal against Germany in the quarterfinal. One which, quick thing. did he not play left back? He was a right back, wasn't he? He's a left back. Okay, but you're, you're everything else is right. So if you want to do it again, everything else is right. He definitely. Fine, then I'll put him left back. I can see it now. <laughs> kind of. It's I'll okay, put him left back yeah, then. Yeah, he was the I'll right put him back, left back. The right back was because because you've taken because you've taken the you've taken the left back as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Do, do you want to do it again and just say left back instead, or do you want to? Just... No, no, I'm fine. No. I'll just say that it's a left back because okay. you know things are so fluid these days, Rob. I should. So I, should also... in... <laughs> I, I like should this. Say, I like this. I gave Jacob Duff information, so he thought he was coming on for general chat about France Sanchez. <laughs> he didn't have time. I'm making mine up on the hoof. But, uh, but, you know, the thing is that you've actually done, um, you've taken Lizarazu as well. So you've taken both of the fullbacks who are basically any yeah. good in this tournament anyway. <laughs> but the yeah, thing is, like, obviously people go, you know, what about the Brazilians and everything? But just um, Yanni, there's just something, you know, that Croatia team, they just had something about them. And that, that win over Germany in the quarters was obviously such a massive moment because Germany, European champions, and they'd beaten them in the, Europe uh, in in Euro '96, two years earlier, probably, um, you know, maybe against the run of play that time, and then this game just kind of out of nowhere, uh, probably ending that German generation, and he scores that incredible goal. Um, I've got it in my head he's runs from from his own half and sticks it in from twenty five mm-hmm. yards out. So I don't really want to watch it again. I just want that <laughs> moment to be in my head forever. And yeah, he goes. He goes in at left back. Robert Yarni, Coventry's Robert Yarni. I don't think he played the game for them. No, so they basically that's right. He, they agreed to sign, and then I guess he heard Real Madrid wanted him, and well, you can imagine yeah. how that conversation went. I think Coventry at least made a profit though. I think they they, they made a, they made quite a, a decent profit on on that very quick turnaround. Yeah, Robert Yarni was in my Euro '96 team, and mm-hmm. I can well understand that selection. Gary, you have two choices to yeah, so lose it down. I'm going to go for what I think might be referred to as a double pivot these days, although I'm never quite sure of, of what these words mean that the uh, <laughs> that, that uh, get bandied about. Um, and I'm going for, I think, and you'll correct me if not, two players who went on to manage World Cup winning sides, two Ds, Dunga mm. and Deschamps. Is that right? Did they both manage World Cup winning One sides? of them did. Deschamps, didn't they? Dunga managed them in 2010. Dunga didn't win the World Cup as a manager. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I was going for too many doubles there with the DDs and Deschamps and Dunga. Yeah, I I want a a really solid base to that midfield. If I've got Zidane in the midfield, you've got to get people who can get the ball back and give it to him um, for him to weave his magic. And, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up on... Reed and Bracewell. So, what else am I going to do but pick two dogs of war <laughs> in there, Deschamps and Dunga? I mean, that, that almost seems unfair. Um, 
to take away uh, the heart of any kind of defensive midfield, but that's um, that's a, a bold move, Gary. Fair enough, Jacob. Um, I think that people in their heads in this tournament probably have the idea that maybe Vieira had a massive impact on it, yeah, but I don't think he really did. Uh, and the Arsenal player who yeah. probably had more of an impact on France was Petit. I'm going to mm. go for him, and obviously yeah. scoring that goal in the final to cap it all off. Um, gets him in my team. Good, solid player, who's who's sort of doesn't I think do a lot after this tournament uh, as mm. well. No, That's he was good really, for Arsenal um, the following season. But you're right. Yeah, yeah he was brilliant this this tournament. Absolutely fantastic. Didn't it's true that he won a load in a slot machine as well that summer? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I I'm sure I've peddled that somewhere. So maybe it's a complete myth and someone's done me. But anyway. Yeah, it's such a, in a, a collective memory moment. of that 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 French era that we we do just combine France ninety eight and Euro two thousand. You, you're yeah. absolutely right, Jacob oh, about Patrick Patrick Vieira in this tournament. Um, I think he would he would obviously have his moment, but it's it's not it's not particularly here. Okay, I'm very worried about that kind of strength in the central midfield. Um, given the three choices have just been, so I'm going to have to go there. Um, we go for a player who, to, if he hadn't. I've managed to make up with the manager, may not have gone, but he was oh, superb in um, the, <laughs> the, the heart of that that, that uh, Netherlands midfield. Um, um, and that's that's yeah, good. David, he, he really came alive there. So yeah, the, those, those kind of players are, are running out. Rob, who are you going to choose? There? <laughs> I think on David, it's worth mentioning there were two amazing tackles on Ronaldo in the semi-final. Mm. One at one nil and one at one all. First, second by Frank De Boer, first by Davids, where he, I think he gets between Ronaldo's legs. Ronaldo's through on goal and Davids just pairs back and tackles him between his legs and pokes him behind for a corner. And I think pretty soon after Clover equalises, um, kind of sums up Davids' tournament, just made things happen with and without the ball. Uh, right, so I'm going to go for... And he also uh, scored, sorry, he's, a last-minute winner. Oh, yeah, last-minute winner. In a yeah. knockout goal, game. Goal-keeping yeah. Goal yeah. Um, I'll go for Seba Veron. Um, this was the Veron I thought Manchester United were signing. Yeah, Just yeah. Utterly imperious, walked past people, actually even tackled people, but most of all, just passed the ball like a dream, short and long. Um, I actually was really boring and looked up some stats on this, and... There were four examples of players having 100 passes or more in a game, and two of them were on. One was Dunga, actually. He's a really underrated passer. So I thought mm. I wanted one of those two. So Dunga's obviously gone, so I'll have Seba. Uh, he played some beautiful... I think he made three goals. Really good through ball for Lopez against Netherlands. Lovely mm. through ball for Ortega. And another one that completely... Oh, and of course, he makes the famous Zanetti free kick. It's his pass. He does, yeah. When Zanetti pulls off and whacks it in. Like... He had his moments at United, not many to be honest, but um, yeah, I just thought he was absolutely magnificent in this tournament. So elegant, uh, so kind of dominating as well. Um, second player I will go for is Michael Owen. Um, because Ronaldo's gone, and there were a lot of good set forwards in this tournament, but I think apart from Ronaldo, no one gave experienced defenders the heebie-jeebies more than Owen. Um, I mean, his goal against Argentina is incredible but it's also diabolical defending for an experienced player like Ayala and that's only 15 minutes into the game and he's clearly already lost it Owen's already got in his head um he complete him coming into the team completely changed England's tournaments um 
I've never seen, and I've included Rudy at Euro 2004, I've never seen a better young England player, or certainly not one who I thought would reach such heights. I just thought, I remember Bobby Robson matter-of-factly just saying, Owen is a genius. And it wasn't a word he threw around quite a lot. Um, and this is someone who's 18 and a half, you know. It's it's mm. crazy how composed he was. The quality of the finish against um, Argentina, never mind the run. I, I like when they cut to the England bench and Paul Mercer's just laughing his head off. He just can't believe how good <laughs> is at that age. Um, yeah, I just thought he like his pace was ridiculous, but also he had a fantastic for a young player. He had a fantastic arrogance. I mean, he's slightly we know he's slightly socially awkward as we said on TV, but it, I think in a this was kind of good side of that in a way. I think he already at that age he had no fear at all. Um, I just thought he was good enough to destroy the best fence in the world, and he kind of did. I'd love to see what would have happened. Obviously, his role changes after Beckham is sent off, so he has to ferry up and down the right and swap with Shearer. But even then, there's one more run he goes on where they panic. Um, yeah, I just thought, apart from Ronaldo, he was the one who scared proper defenders, not just anyone. So I will have him up front. When he goes on that run against Argentina, like the England, they, they just, the, the England bench assumed that um, that he was through after he gets past the first one. Yeah, the gap they weren't is expecting. Amazing. I know. Yeah, they they because you you would imagine that they would have actually been able to see the whole pitch, but maybe it doesn't work like that when you're watching from the bench. But they just assume once he gets past the first guy that he's through mm. on goal, and then Ayala's like basically it's standing just, on the 18 yeah. yard line. Yeah, and just standing, and, he's kind of like struck dumb, uh, numb even, isn't it? Yeah, and he's and he's and he's um. And he, and he basically, obviously, Owen's already won the penalty that by that point. Mm. So they've just already five minutes later, they've just gone. We don't know what to do. But mm. Glenn Hoddle said they looked at him. They looked at the way that Ayala is standing, and he's standing him straight on. And Hoddle yeah. just goes, "In my head, I just think you're fucked, mate." Yeah, yeah he exactly. just knew that he he was just like he could have he could have gone left, he could have gone right. He goes right. There was no chance. The only thing that he could have done was taken down, and that in those days would have been a red card um mm -hmm. but yeah you're right about the temperament as well he just basically he thought that he looked at players and just went nah you're not you're not stopping me today mm -hmm. it was yeah he, he, uh, yeah he probably what the second best striker behind ronaldo at that point yeah i thought he would just win everything there's a nice line from maradona and it's, it's slightly yeah, over it's the top, but he says in his book was he saying owen was the only good thing about france 98 is that right he says in his book um which yeah a bit over the top, but yeah but if you're impressing even him at that age then yeah that'll do i i, I think I'm sure I the quote rob is that he, he was the, the 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 only good thing about the world cup he basically can't do anything unless of course Injury, injury gets in the way. Oh, is that what he says? Sadly, oh, yeah, sadly, sadly, better. kind of prophetic. Yeah, yeah, and within a year, so he, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's within a year that he pulls his hamstring at Leeds, and he's never. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, how many, how many players have we got here? What three, six, nine, twelve? That's the thirteenth pick, and I just wonder without those things snapping pretty quickly after, if if it would be anywhere near as low down. He was sensational. That, that summer and for me you, you got obviously Henri coming through as well and, and Trezeguet what you're getting now is forwards with blistering yeah. like Ronaldo of course as well yeah. with blistering pace the Shukas there there's a few other proper old school strikers around um, but this is what defenders are terrified about uh, until defender speed kind of catches up of course but uh, that would take that would take a wee while um, so I just, okay. so just add, just sorry, add sorry, Martin, because I, I, I mentioned I mentioned this I think when we we in a previous episode of Nessendorma, but I was I was sitting six feet away there 
uh, from where I'm sitting now when Owen scored that goal. And I did that kind of cliched thing where I literally jumped out of my seat. I was I was literally found myself involuntarily mm. standing up. I wasn't quite applauding, but I was very near applauding. And it wasn't it wasn't that much of a surprise to me because I'd seen him at Goodison playing for Liverpool, and the, the speed was just astonishing. And you're right; it's that you know I'm I'm the boss here, uh, even though he was you know a callow youth. It was an extraordinary combination, and you kind of you kind of wonder. You know, was it all just too good to last? Um, and of course, it it didn't. Even though he went on to obviously have a successful career. But yes, I, I leapt out of my seat when that goal went in. You weren't the only, I don't imagine. Um, okay, there are some positions in here that even if you don't get good choices, you or first second choices, there's still a range. I'm slightly worried about midfielders, so I'll, I'll go for Rivaldo, who was another. Rivaldo. Big player in that, that Brazilian team, overshadowed by the obvious, of course. Um, I think he made the, the, the team of the tournament, not always a guide. FIFA's guide for, or UEFA's indeed, for um, standout performances. But um, he was, uh, four years later, would, would be even better. But I, I think he was um, a fabulous player. And I think the Denmark game in particular yes. jumps out um, to, to, to my mind. Um, yeah, so Rivaldo um, joining the engine of Edgar Davids in that midfield. Um, Jacob, who is joining Yanni Petit and Big Ron? Um, so I think a little injury sort of maybe stops him having the tournament that he could have had. But I think in 1998, there aren't many better wingers than Overmars, um, as Rob will probably know. Uh, and he was just a player that I loved. <laughs> and although I think I think he doesn't start, for example, the Argentina game because he's coming back from something uh, and comes on, but I think he makes a bit of an impact as soon as he does come on and they almost mm. score. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to put him on the left. Um, he can play either side, but the left is where in my head he's just destroying yeah. sides in England at that time. And poor John so, yeah. Curtis. Yeah, poor yeah. John Curtis. Yeah. Wingers not there weren't many wings really featuring, yeah. is it? And, it, and no. is this the transition then? Because Mark Overmars is an old, basically an old school winger, very tricky, very quick, um, mm. but very wide. You know, we would have chalk on the boots and all of that. Um, that you're maybe starting to see that that transition to forwards in a three or outside of that that three who can. Um, who can just attack diagonally, I guess, from from those kind of wider areas, but but zone in. Um, it gives you goals as well, Mark Overmars. Yeah. Yes, brilliant player. Um, you know, I think a brilliant Netherlands team that summer. Gary, you have to. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for one of the brilliant Netherlands team. In fact, I'm going to go for three of the brilliant Netherlands team because I'm going to go for Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Because. He scored that fabulous goal. Of course, he's a Jacob fantastic player. Um, <laughs> and uh, if he can pick Dennis Bergkamp, you kind of think you should pick Dennis Bergkamp. His his record, when you look at it in terms of actual numbers of goals and assists and stuff across his career, isn't quite as outstanding as you would expect. But again, such a, a focal point, such a, a a player who could make things happen. And... A game changer, and he changed the game with that 
extraordinary goal in the in the sunlight against Argentina, I think was it. The funny thing yeah, is, yeah, I've, I've had to watch that game. He's I've crap. had to watch that game back before. And he's terrible in the game. He's, he's <laughs> I mean, I think no, he, no, but he, he makes he the makes Clive's goal with a most ingenious header. Like there are two modes of utter yeah. genius, but he's crap. And yeah. He shouldn't be playing because in this previous game he got yeah. away with stamping. I think. Well, he, yeah, but no, no, I'm yeah. not. He was one he of the earlier who was quite peripheral at times. He didn't really turn up against Brazil, but two moments of just like mind blowing genius against Argentina. The header, I think, is. It's just ridiculous. He's falling. It's like a square through ball, but it's his brain speed again. It's just so impressive. Yeah. Um, and he had his other but moments. He... he scored the first goal against Yugoslavia, I think, and he scored a few in the group or made some in the group and stuff. But he doesn't do a lot again in the um, in, no. in the uh, in the Brazil in the game. Brazil game, and he got criticised for that, doesn't he? Yes. Um... Yeah. Again, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? But like consistency of performance versus moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. You know, but even I mean, even Ronaldo was criticised for that a little bit. Even I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to that. I'm finding when we're picking these drafts from tournaments, it's almost, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it. You almost want consistency from defenders and moments from attackers, which kind of sounds obvious because you want a consistent defence, but you want the forward who can a... crack open a game with a moment of genius, either in the assist, the pre-assist, or the goal. Isn't um, that the approach Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was slaughtered for? <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the well, Harry Kane. I'm not thinking out of date. <laughs> it's like so the Harry Kane argument, though, isn't it? Because like, yes. against France in the quarterfinal, he's actually he has a brilliant game. Yeah, but the one thing he he's a... going to ever be remembered for is he's England's Oops. best player by a long way in the first yeah. half. He's yeah. like taking the game to them, but all he'll get remembered for is missing that penalty. And paradoxically, so... in 2018, when he did kind of nothing, he won the Golden Boot. Like the weirdest golden yeah. boot ever. Um, yeah. Hey, Gary, who is your, your other? I, I suspect I'm a Dutchman. I think, I no, no, it's not, a, it's not a Dutchman. No? It's, a, it's a player who I think has got a bit of Harry Kane about him. Um, and a player perhaps whose greatest moments came in club football where he is entirely revered, but probably revered in his national team as well. And that's Gabriel Batistuta, um, a centre forward of i suspect traditional a traditional kind of center mm. forward rather than today's uh today's center forwards but he would he had enough about his game to adapt it he had the flowing locks um he looked like an argentine center forward and that always means something to me so i'm going for batty goal himself i'm i thought he was chris freddy calls him a rabbit killer at world cups and i sort of see what he means i mean in yeah, this tournament, patrick against jamaica goal against japan penalty against england um yeah i don't know he he, he goes very close um, to winning against argentina yeah, doesn't he against Hol mm. oh, he smacks the post sorry against holland yeah 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 it's interesting but again like five goals in a world cup it's so interesting how you weight them and stuff um yeah ja so three, japan no, no, uh, so jamaica filled these bits yeah think so they beat japan and and one, and he scored one of those yeah um, he scored the hat trick against jamaica yeah, yeah. Scored obviously a i get it but I, I do love him um but again maybe more for, for club football um so gary you have uh dunga no, Zidane, and, yeah. and bergkamp and batistuta jacob uh i'm gonna try and sort out my defense a little bit more and although he is um not able to play in the final due to uh, some heinous play acting from 
hmm. future West Ham manager. I'm going to put in Laurent Blanc because he probably was the best France defender at the time. Um, and obviously, Le Berth comes in in the final place for him, but isn't on the same level. Uh, I, I seem to recall there's a lot of um, sort of, I guess, uh, people weren't really sure, were they, about whether or not Le Berth would be able to handle what people assumed would be a fit Ronaldo, uh, which turns out to be something very different. And I think that was obviously a major concern for them going into that game uh, without Blanc. Uh, and obviously as well, he, he um, when Zidane isn't playing, he scores that golden goal against Paraguay to get them, to get them through in the second round. So he, he made sure, played a, played a huge part in them getting there. So in he goes. And he's such a classy player. Yeah, a real leader Agreed. as well. Um, very important to that, that French team. I will also go for another centre-back. Um the Bergkamp goal against Argentina is fantastic, of course, but so is the pass um, from Frank de Boer. Um, Dutch were really quite solid, actually, defensively, I think, uh, in, in, in that tournament. Um, and yeah, Frank de Boer was um, superb. He could do most of what you, you would really expect, but it's certainly comfortable with the ball at his feet, as you would expect as well. And utterly furious with his brother um, at that missed penalty, which... Um, uh, I always yeah. found uh, an interesting <laughs> image. So, um, Frank, Frank De Boer for me, um, uh, along with Marcel Desai, that is a centre back pairing um, with which I have uh, great confidence, or in which I have great confidence. Rob, who's joining? Yeah, I have no idea, so I'm going to talk by myself. No, it's great. Anyone listening, I would recommend them to look up. The Boer's tackle on Ronaldo in the mm. extra time. But it's not just a tackle, it's the run from Ronaldo. I think it's the second pitch, certainly in extra time. Anyway, it's just just so exhilarating. The change of pace, and then he does stam. Um, and the Boer just somehow makes this amazing last-ditch tackle. But you're right, the quality of passing as well. I think he makes Bergkamp's goal against Yugoslavia as well, with a not quite as good a pass as the one against Argentina, but pretty damn good. Um, and of course, at that time, Man United just signed Stan for a record fee, and De Boer looked a lot better um, in the World Cup. Anyway, um, so um, what have I got? What am I looking for? Hmm. Um, I am going to pick Ariel Ortega, who I think was the best dribbler in the tournament. Combined brilliantly with Veron, had this fetish for nutmegging people um you watch the first half against England in particular when the game's quite open he is fantastic um scored two lovely goals against Jamaica I think who were obviously tough mm -hmm. opposition mm -hmm. um <laughs> never really because he was obviously one of the many new Maradonas and this was a, feels like the yeah. one time he kind of properly lived up to it um yeah then the nutmegging in particular just like there's so many times you can picture you think how has he done that like Defenders just don't ever seem to have a clue what's going on. Um, they played a kind of 3-4-1-2, and he was really important. But, yeah, mm. partly the connection with um, Varane was really good. So I think if Varane, you've got the most progressive passer, and I think in Ortega, you've got the best dribbler in the tournament, personally. Um, now, alongside, I am going to pick... I'm going to pick the Paraguay centre-back, Carlos Gamara, uh, who was in the team of the tournament, albeit squad of the tournament. So they, they played four games, only conceded two goals. Um, he was just a, 
I mean, I just remember at the time there being loads to talk about how good he was, particularly in the France game uh, when they held on pretty heroically and eventually Blanc scored. In four games, he committed one foul in four games. Mm. That's how good he was. Didn't have to get himself dirty. De Boer was a bit like that, actually. The one time he did have to get his knees yeah. dirty was because of Ronaldo, and there's no shame in that. So I'll pick Gamara, and I'll just remind everyone that he was in the team of the tournament selected by FIFA experts. So there you go. <laughs> okay, never, you're never wrong. Well, um, yeah. But the yeah, basic Paraguay were really boring. There's a, sorry, there's a brilliant line from Marcelo Bielsa did columns in El Pais, and there's a line, there are so many funny lines in it, but he said Paraguay looked like a team who were thinking about defending even when they've got the ball. They were just they were they were awful, their games to watch. Mm. Two nil nil draws, then they beat Nigeria, who were already through, and then they just kind of almost got the penalty against France. But the quality of their defense was very high. Um and there were other elements to it, one particularly charismatic element, but he was as important as any, I think. So where's Ortega playing then, Rob, just to be clear? Ortega, so Ortega's one of the forward two behind the front two. So he will be, so yeah, Veron plus a central midfielder, Ortega plus another creative player, Owen plus another attacker. I haven't quite worked out the balance yet. It might end up being 4 3 one two, but, um, but Ortega will be kind of essentially in the hole, possibly to the right. Depends on mm. the system, but yeah. So for Argentina, he played as just a classical number 10. But he was often, yeah. you know, he, he would go right and left, go where he likes, basically, which a lot of these players did in in that tournament. Right. Go where you like okay. and not make someone. Very much yeah. the Argentine, the kind of archetypical Argentine dribbler, uh, mm. wasn't he? Um, yeah, never quite fulfilled his promise. I think he was really, really well known for chips and lobs as well, but that's kind of subsequent. There was one in this game, but none, like nothing particularly extravagant. But it's more the dribbling I remember, definitely, yeah. and particularly in that mix. And just always, what again, just irrepressible, always wanting the ball, you know, no matter how tight the space and so on. And I'll shut up now. Okay, after saying this was a, a tournament for breakout fullbacks, uh, I better pick some. Um, and I think you have, you, you, I think you do have the best left back. And I know this. I think this guy maybe became a, a bit of a caricature later on, and he. he Maybe more was expected of him than he delivered, don't, but he was still that. very good in his Can you go, Rob? He was uh, he was absolutely no, I'm gonna say he was fine. He was good in France tonight. He, he, he turned into a bit of a a bit of a caricature that people expected that yeah. the turn one free kick every time he, he ran up to a ball. But um and I know he had a I, did he try an overhead kick that he completely missed Yeah, him? yeah, he, he did, said, yeah, yeah. yeah. I should um, in the about he was in the team in the tournament as well. He was the one I personally would have with, but um, the overhead kick against Denmark, which leads to Brian Lauder's goal, is absolutely hilarious. But no, you're yes. right. He was. Well, he's fun. Like, no, he is. And I, and people say he couldn't defend, and I'm not sure about that. I think it's just yeah. sometimes he kind of forgot to. There was a game when Real Madrid beat Man United in Europe, and he wipes the floor with Beckham, and this is a Beckham in form as well. Just runs all over him, defensively and attack. So I think he could do everything. I think he just had brain lapses. You know, in 2006, isn't he doing shoelace up when Omri scores the winner or something? <laughs> Um, yeah, but but I, yeah, he, he is, so I think all of that's the calm. He is that that one moment, but I think in this tournament, he's again, it's speed, it's just this this engine. I'm just not sure we were used to in fullbacks, but at that, that point, but um, Lisa Rizou, more Roy Hodgson selling, Roy Hodgson selling, <laughs> probably, yeah. I was gonna pick him, but I was gonna caveat it with saying that sort of later in his career he became almost like a kind of Harlem Globetrotter footballer mm -hmm. and that it seemed that the 
the spectacle and the uh, and the the skills seem to outweigh the output for the team. Maybe that's a bit unfair. You know, he he won plenty, and last time I looked on my Wikipedia page, I hadn't got much in the way of honours. So, you know, um, I do take that point. But he he certainly had not reached that stage in in this tournament. He was pretty good. Okay, so I have Roberto Carlos at left back, Massa de Sey, Frank de Boer at uh, the centre of defence, Edgar Davids and Rivaldo in midfield with Davo Schuker up front in the moment. Jacob? Um, so I'm uh, going to get Marcelo Salas into my team up front, who was a very exciting player in 1998. Um, obviously, um, made himself known to England fans before the tournament because I think it was Owen's debut, wasn't it? As a, yes. I think well, Owen was what, the youngest player to play for England at the time um, in February of that year. So yeah. uh, they had that friendly against Chile when they were already qualified. And obviously everybody thought that was going to be Michael Owen's night. And it turned out to be Marcelo Salas's night. I think he scores a penalty, but one of the goals is, is sensational. The the long ball Incredible. and the volley. Um, like, the not, not exactly the same well. as Bergkamp's goal, but not dissimilar to Bergkamp's goal in, mm. in the long ball volley. Um, and he does well during the tournament, particularly in the uh, opening game against Italy, where Italy, yeah. he takes that late penalty from redemptive penalty, you might even say, from Baggio to, to save Italy. So he goes in, Marcelo Salas. There's an immense header in that game, his second goal at the far post. I don't know who the defender is. It might, it might be Cannavaro or Nesta. It's one of them. It just towers over him. It's a great header. Oh, great player. Very, very, very annoyed at that, Jacob. Um, so you have Yami and Blanc at the back, Petit, uh, Overmars, Ronaldo and Salas. Now that is, that's a combination and a half. Gary? Yeah, I'm going to go for the uh, man that um, Rob almost but didn't quite mention. Um, <laughs> the, most, the most charismatic player in the least charismatic team. And I like a bit of character in a goalkeeper. I think they have to have that to do their job. Um, and you're already ahead of me there. It's Jose Chilaver of Paraguay. Um, he, he was obviously larger than life in more senses than one. And um, he... You need a goalkeeper who's going to boss the psychological space as well as the physical space. And I think he did. And he was part of that outstanding Paraguayan defence, which just were too toothless to make the most of the uh, of the foundation that they provided for their forwards. And you almost scored a free kick, do you remember? Yes, he and Hikita uh, were it with a, the, the free kick. Now he scored some like forty odd goals, I think, mm. in his career. We were all waiting for that because when yeah. in the, the, yeah. the, the pre tour that right. up, it was oh, there, this guy, this guy can score. He takes free kicks and everything. So everyone was kind of waiting for this this goalkeeper to swing in a, a twenty five yarder into the postage stamp. But um, I, if I had full selection of goalkeepers, Gary, I'd have gone for Schulaver as well. Um, yeah. Exceptional in that, that that game against France. That was actually. I understand why not an aesthetically pleasing game, but as a contest yeah. that afternoon was just draining. Um, as France looked like they were going to get taken all the way to penalties, and then especially the form he was in, goodness knows. But um, he was superb and a leader as well. Um, about a leader just at the end, they're all on basically yeah. sitting down, just constantly he's going around getting more. Like he, yeah. he had such like I said, personality. I thought he was brilliant. He's one of the people you think of first for this tournament. Yeah, um, yeah. Not just the head is kit, but yeah. Gary, yeah. your second. Well, second, I'm going for 
something that that I always do in these uh, drafts, which is if you can pick Paolo Maldini, you do pick Paolo <laughs> Maldini. And so my left back is the Roman god that is uh, Paolo Maldini. Yeah, there's, not, there's a not Euro '96, so fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is there are a lot of great Italian defenders in the tournament, so I guess you've just got to kind of pluck one out. And so I'll put in um, next to Blanc, I'll put in Cannavaro, who um, was younger at the time and is obviously more fated for um, 2006. But he's in the team at this point, and. Um, they get to the quarters and hold France to penalties uh, in what was a pretty deathly game, if I if I remember rightly. Um, ends up with Tibiagio smacking the bar, but he's in there, and I think yeah, it's kind of it, it sort of borrows roughly from the Gary Naylor playbook. If if there's an Italian, if there's a good Italian defender available, put him in there. I think by two thousand and six. Cannavaro had kind of solved the defending. He'd sort of completed it, as the, as the <laughs> mm. kids say these days. He was on the way to completing it, I think, in, in 98. But an absolute dream of a centre-half for a long, long time. Even though he was, what, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, is that? Yeah, no. He... Yeah, I've got a lot Confirmed of reading of the game think. in my defence. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh... you do. You absolutely do. Okay, so you... you yeah. Um these are looking like good teams, gentlemen. Um, I will continue the, the, the fullbacks then. Um, there's a couple of obvious ones. I'm maybe not going to go down the... Um, well, I'm not going to go down the, the, the Brazilian fullback pairing. Um, I'll go for a right-back who I thought was immaculate. Um, scored one of the cleverest goals of the tournament, obviously, and not a hair out of place. I'll go for um, Javi Zanetti on the right-hand side. So a wee bit of discipline and... Um, class to balance out the raids and uh, chaos that um, my left-hand side may bring. So, yeah, Zanetti for me. Rob, you have um, your French fullbacks, uh, you have Gamera, you have Veron and Ortega and Owen. Who else? Mm, um, right. So, let's check this now. Hmm. God, there aren't really midfielders left, are there? No. Um. Hmm. Okay, I will pick my other defender, who is Celso Ayala of Paraguay. Uh, might as well pick the pair. No one could get past them. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember a huge amount about Ayala at the time, but. This is kind of half based on stats, and I know you hate me for that, but his numbers for like clearances in particular are astonishing. Like they're so far ahead of anyone else in the tournament, uh, but it's more about having the two of them together because they were part of a great defense. Um, I think he had a, like two really good spells with River Plate. Didn't really make it in European football, but um, tough. But also, yeah, just seemed to have great positioning and blah blah blah. Um, and then midfield. Hmm. Okay, I'm not exactly sure I'm going to use him yet, but I'm going to take Brian Laudrup uh, because he can Brazil the run around. If Roberto Carlos is going to try the AV kicks, he'll be in the vicinity. Um, so Denmark lost 3 2 in a really good quarter final to Brazil. Laudrup scored one and made one. 
Um, it also gave Nigeria the runaround in the previous game when Nigeria were fancied and Denmark thrashed them 4-1. Denmark were an old team, really. They kind of didn't didn't leave a trace in the group stage, but then were involved in two really memorable knockout games. Um, and Laudrup actually has a really consistent tournament record, I think. He was excellent in 92, excellent in 96 in a pretty poor team. Excellent here. In this tournament, he generally played up front, I think, with Moller or somewhere else, but it, it was, kind of, more, it was yeah. kind of a free roll. So I'm going to kind of see where, yeah, I'm going to see who else is available. Um, but just that, that again, if you've got the quality of people like Veron and Ortega combined with the electricity of Lauder and Owen, I think that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that, that that's that's broken my heart a wee bit, Rob. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, I did want some kind of. A complimentary striker to Suker, and I, I don't. When you go, no, because if you hadn't taken the bloody defensive midfielders, then I might not have um... Yeah, well, I need, more, I need more time to think about that. Yeah, you can blame Gary for that one. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to go with strength, um, up alongside um, Shuker. Then uh, I would have going for low drop or salas um as something a bit different um to that kind of predator but um christian vieri will lead the line well and um give Shukar a wee bit more um space to what he was brilliant for italy um a wide range of goals from what i remember there was a scramble yeah. home there was a powerful head there was a beautiful chip i think against cameroon um mm. and of course that i mean how many Seconds did he have to, to to fire away that 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 shot? The only goal of the game against Norway, and I think it was the first knockout game of the tournament in in, in Marseille. Um, so at this moment, in time he's just one of the best strikers in Europe. I, I absolutely loved him. Um, could say disappointed in that quarter final, but everybody did. France and Italy just cancelled each each other out, and it was, it was one of those kind of football contests where where no one could really um, get to grips. Baggio missed a decent. Chance, I think that's a tough um, chance. That volley over the shoulder, yeah. I yeah. The, the part the thing with the air was really impressive because Del Piero didn't have much of a tournament, did he? And Baggio was good, but generally a sub. The Vieri is kind of their only almost their only goal threat. But you're right about the variety, one of the though. biggest tournament you know, talk about Loudrop being a tournament player, Rob. One of the biggest tournament mm. letdowns until 06 was, was Del Piero, who that, that meant the Vieri had to really mm. carry um, a hell of a lot of weight in that, that kind of uh, Italian attack. Again, just given where Italian football was at that time, what, you've been mm. three successive Champions League finals run up to that that, that World yes. Cup. Um, so yeah, um, Vieri alongside Shukar. Um, Jacob? Um, I'm going to... I'm not entirely sure where he's going to play in my midfield or how he's going to play, but I'm going to put in Zvodimir Boban, who was part of that Croatia team that gets, well, finishes third um, and kind of playing in a kind of central role for them at the time uh, and was as well a huge player for Milan at, at certain points in the 90s as well. Um, and just such a classy player and a clever player in such a clever midfield. Um, there are other there are other other names that, that, that sort of scream in, out in that midfield as well, but yeah, he was maybe the maybe the one that screams out loudest. Yeah, I love him. Not everyone does like me this argument and the Euro '96 show, but um, yeah, nice complimentary player with Petit there and Overmars on, on one side, Ronaldo Salas up front. Um, you have a goalkeeper, a right back, and another midfielder to go. 
Jacob, Gary, you have a right back, two centre backs, and um, another midfielder. Um, so yeah. where where are we going to go for, for two of those? I'm going purely, well, largely off memory here because I think he was in and out of the side a little bit. Um, but I remember being very impressed with Christian Carambo uh, of France again. Um, had the the dreadlock, so you could always pick him out on the field. And, um, you know, looking looking back, he seemed to be substituted a fair old bit. But, you know, he was up and down, um, played in the middle and also played wide. Uh, and I think he would uh, he would complement um, the very attack-minded uh, uh, three that, that are ahead of him in Batistuta, Bergkamp and Zidane. So always like Christian Carambo. Uh, later went to Real Madrid, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I like him. And again, going off off memory, uh, I need some central defenders. And um, I thought Sol Campbell had a good tournament uh, in this Indeed. tournament. And so I, I'm I'm picking Sol Campbell. He was one of, as you say, many England players who perhaps deserve to be remembered rather rather better than that they are, um, having gone out in a you look back on it's a really rather strange match against Argentina in lots of different ways. Uh, but yeah, um, Sol Campbell would be my man there, uh, centre. Remember the run oh. against Colombia? Yeah, oh, yeah, the reading, the reading run. He was superb, by the way. Uh, I think that was the first time I thought, yeah, first time I thought he might be the real deal because he'd been a bit yeah. ropey for him. And there was the Zola goal at Wembley where he was kind of. Not at fault, but also might have done better. But in this tournament, he's very, yeah, very good. He, he he was hyped, wasn't he? Because there was a you know I think he did start. He did play centre forward, did he? Played everywhere. Early matches. Yeah. You're all saying you know he he'd be a ten million pound player at centre forward, a fifteen million pound player at centre back, and everything. And I don't think that that helped him. And obviously, then there's the Tottenham and Arsenal thing. So whether he quite fulfilled his potential. Uh, but he certainly played very, very well in the in this tournament and, and in two thousand two. Yeah, and in two thousand two. Yeah. yeah, I thought he did fulfill his potential. I thought for three or four years he was just yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's perfect. The funny thing is in that England side he he um he was obviously having to play left centre back, I think, yes, in the back three. Right. Yeah. And initially, he did not know what he was doing because it was all <laughs> so much more focus on distribution, and he was really, really worried about how that would work and everything. Um, and then, you know, when when he goes on that run against Argentina, the coaching staff are just sort of sitting there going, you know, is this the same player who was telling <laughs> us he couldn't do it? Basically, so yeah, I think he did, he did, he did come into his own, didn't he? As the yeah, he did as I the agree. tournament went on, and of course scored the goal. That, well, yeah, I thought he won against moment. Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, well, Sheeran crumped his elbow. That was a foul. Come on, it was yeah, assaulted the goalkeeper. That would have been, uh, it would have been a a real moment. Yep, great choice, Gary. So you have um, Sheila Vernon goals, Maldini at left back, Campbell, one of your centre backs, uh, a midfield of Dunga, Deschamps, Carambo, and Zidane. I think Zidane's doing a lot of the creative lifting there, Uh, and Bergkamp and and Batistuta up front. Jacob um, is going to be a Gary's balance is quite similar to the France team, really. A bird camp and joke ever slightly different, but if you kind of, you know, yeah, almost interchangeable, and then back to the Christmas tree, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. she's taking the ingenious method of 
copying the team that won it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could claim. Yeah, I wish I could claim such tactical Guardiola as genius. It's just the players that seemed available in this draft. But yes. Jacob, goalkeeper, left, uh, right yeah, back, or I'm going to do my right back. And I, I thought about being a bit eclectic and um, and, and putting in. Thomas Helveg, but then I thought that might be sort of a bit of a stupid thing to do, given that Cafu remains available, even if even if we think like the Brazilian defenders aren't that good. He, he actually was pretty good. Mm. I think we might just sort of, you know, be kidding ourselves. So in goes Cafu. Um, I think he played think in every is... World Cup ever, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of revisionism about this Brazilian defence, I'll be honest. Because of the shambles, the final, yeah, I think that that, that color, uh, colors a lot of it. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right, Jacob. Um, uh, a fine choice. Uh, okay. Uh, they conceded in every game by one, to be fair. Just put it out there. I actually, no, I think the centre backs were the weaker link, but anyway, it's by the by. Is that Al, who's that? Uh, Al, 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 Junior Bayano, yeah, Junior Bayano, yeah, anyway. One of them got destroyed by Tor Andrew Flo. I forget who it was. Probably by Arno. Anyway. They worked through. They didn't care. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah. My, my right side of midfield then, I'll go... And I know what you're going to say, Rob, but this game isn't... Penalties aren't coming into it. I'm going to go with um, Koku. Um, just because I'm kind of running out of midfield. This is not, maybe not the, the best tournament for them but um i always liked him as a player i thought he was intelligent um uh and and yeah i think that gives up we've got balances obviously working with with david's there so yeah um koku on the, the right side of my diamond please he played everywhere rob you have a goalkeeper he did i think he played in played at fullback as well i think maybe i cover for yeah. when newman um yes pro- i think was he did suspended. Play, yeah, maybe played at left back against brazil so um that's yeah. maybe why i missed that penalty rob um Goalkeeper and midfielder okay. and or one of your bottom, the base of your midfield too. Yeah. You, a straight I'll part take, for one. Goalkeeper, I'll take Farid Mondragon of Colombia. Um, went out in the group stage and yet he still made more saves than anyone in the tournament. 22 <laughs> in three games, including 12 against England. And it's worth watching the video because at least three or four of them are absolute belters. It was just a shooting gallery in the second half in particular. Um, also makes a Brilliant double save against Romania. Um, I mean, Colombia were hopeless, but obviously that's not his fault. It's quite sweet at the end of the England game. He's in tears. The rest of them look like mm. they care less. They've gone out and Seaman goes over to console him. But the fact they made more saves than any anyone, and he was at the group stage, I think, is pretty good. Um, and midfield, right. I'm torn. I'm so tempted to pick Costa Gal. Galka of Romania because he was in David Lacey's team in the tournament and David Lacey knows a lot more than me but I'm going to pick no no I'm going to pick um, Paul Lint, uh head of Cesar Sampal Sampal scored three goals but they kind of set piece goals two of them um, it's just a brilliant defensive midfielder really I thought he was fantastic against Argentina in two different phases of the game really so the first he's kind of putting out fires when it's very open in the first half and Ortega's trying to nutmeg him over 10 seconds then in the second half, uh, an extra time. It's just like a, a lot more of a kind of cool, composed performance. I think he's probably passed at a club level by this point. Um, played for Liverpool, but um, I thought against Argentina it was probably his finest ever performance. 
and it's probably no coincidence that the one gaming them quite ragged was against Romania when he went off injured. Um, I mean, I don't think he was the best in the tournament by any means, but I do think he was he was really yeah, just very good. He, even Alex Ferguson, who by this stage had obviously sold him, even he says in his World Cup columns that he's as good a tackle as you'll ever see. And you did see it a lot against Argentina, so he'll do. And he was still decent enough going forward as well. He makes sort of helps make goals as a goal against Tunisia. Um, mm. So, yes, he'll do alongside Seba. Good. That means you can't use any penalty. Um, <laughs> chat with me. Um, okay. So you have Mondragon, Turan Lizarzu, Gamara, and Ayala of Paraguay, not Ayala of Argentina. And central defence, Veron and Ince at the base. Brian Loudrup and Ortega in your middle too, and then we still need a partner for Owen. There's one very obvious partner still kicking around, of course. Um, I will go with Claudio Lopez to complete my midfield, maybe just at the maybe the top of the diamond. Um, maybe I can maybe swap him and Rivaldo around um, if possible. I thought he was a very clever player. Um, he scored against Holland, didn't he, in that that, that, that quarter final impedance. Doesn't he not um, make doesn't he not make yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Um so yeah, I thought yeah, that's a great player. So I'll go for Claudio Lopez to complete my midfield of Coco Davids and Rivaldo. Um so I just need a goalkeeper. Jacob, you need a goalkeeper and another midfielder, I think. Yeah, I mean Overall, I'm not really that convinced by him as <laughs> as, a, as a goalkeeper, but he did win the World Cup, barely conceding a goal. So Bartes goes in, even though I'm not really sure if he was yeah. actually that good. But at the same time, I've got Blanc in my defence, so if we're going to win, we're going to do the <laughs> whole thing they did before game as well. Okay, dogs. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, okay, Gary, uh, right back and centre back to complete your France ninety-eight eleven. By this stage, you're looking around a bit for players, and that's definitely unfair on my last pick, um, but might not be unfair on on my right back. Um, I'm going to go for a product of Ajax, a Middlesbrough legend, uh, Michael Reisiger. Um, played in four tournaments for Holland. Again, in my memory, I've got him as a, a typical Dutch ball-playing defender. Um, so I'm going for him. And again, I'm going for almost a, a, a cliche of uh, uh, a Italian defender. Thou shalt not pass, and that's Alessandro Costa Curta, um, who would work well, obviously with Maldini. Um, and I, I, I like what I see from one to eleven. There, I'm liking it. You've got every reason, I think. Chilavert and goals. Um, Michael Rising is a great right back at that, that moment in time. Uh, Rising and um, Maldini, your fullbacks, Costa, Cutter, and Campbell. Yeah, this Christmas tree then. Um, Dunga, Deschamps, and Carambo, Zidane, Bergkamp, and, and, and Batistuta at the end. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Jacob, are you putting in presumably kind of right side infield? Yeah, um, I'm going to have a kind of. Uh, because I've got the pace on over on the left, I'm going to go for a little bit more creativity and someone to maybe get a bit of an understanding going with Boban. So I'll put in Aliosa Asanovic, um, Derby, Derby legend. Um, so I've got Coventry and Derby in there. Yeah. Yeah, much coveted in the Euro 96 one for sure. He plays a lovely path for Shuka's goal in the semi final as well. 
the unsung hero of that midfield, definitely. So, Bartes, Cafu and Yarni, Blanc and Cannavaro, um, Asanovic, Petit, Boban and Overmars in the middle and Ronaldo and Salas up front. Another very good team. Do I need a goalkeeper? It won't be Jim Layton, I can tell you that. Um, nah, not poor old Jim at all. Uh, Van der Sar, you... Yeah, that, that nutmeg is, is a bit of an issue. But the Dutch wear pretty tight um but if it does go to penalties and i appreciate i'll try and keep koku away um tafarel was handy um he just kind of i know he was getting to the end but he kind of screams world cup as well to me so mm. maybe sentimental but I'll, I'll i'll chuck tafarel in there um rob who who's going to partner michael on up front i'm so tempted to um pick I even looked up how to say his first name because did Quatamoc Blanco, who Mexico. Do you remember he did the little yeah, wedge did. to his legs? Yeah. But also scored a fantastic flying volley with the outside of his foot. Mm. But I'm not going to pick him. So I am going to pick. This is quite tricky, actually. Uh, I'm going to jig rejig it and put Laudrup up front and pick Ronald De Boer to go in midfield because he's just a very stylish all-purpose player played a couple of positions right hand side also center the private goal against the netherlands starts when he just walks past a couple of people in the field and plays a lovely pass i think it's his brilliant cross that clivert who i also thought mm -hmm. about actually because mm -hmm. once he came back from suspension mm -hmm. i thought he was rampant but Rodeball's cross yes exactly for his equalizer it's a really good cross world um missed the penalty but it's not going that far so so yes, that's my team, and it will be more of a like four, three, one, two, with so Mondragon, Veronta, the Mazzola, yeah, yeah. Um, so and there is, I was thought about a focal point with Sodo. If you've got Veron and De Boer and Ortega, just get two really fast people and see what happens. Yeah, I'm not are sure we doing wild cards, like... by the way? Yes, yeah, so that's what I just about to come. Pace. Change of pace anyway with Brian Loudon. Watch watch the um watch the first goal against Brazil. That's a change of pace. Anyway. No, it is. Okay, so who's not been taken? So, Van der Sar's not I, been taken. Stam hasn't been taken. That. Junior Bayano's not been taken. Driver's not been taken. Shearer's not been taken. Um Finidi George maybe another right handed side, uh, a right side of uh, midfield. Paliuka. Paluca yeah. from Torre Andrew Flores, sensational yeah. save. Luis Hernandez Ori... scored four for Mexico. Yeah. But missed Best a really goals. good chance against Germany. Scully. But I'd like to make a change if I can, if we're doing a wild card. You what you do, and you can do it first because you were last in the draw. Who would you swap out that hasn't been used yeah. thus far? So despite the tremendous hipster pick of Ayala, I'm gonna swap him with Tony Adams, who like Ince was fantastic against argentina um there's a really endearing love letter essentially from alex ferguson in the sunday times to adams after this game mm. about his performance and he'd never seen him play better ever and folks had been obsessed with him for over a decade at this point so he'd seen him play a lot i think the thing with adams is interesting is that everyone always thinks of him a bit like butchie you know clenched fist cage tiger all that by this stage of his career there was none of that obviously he changed his personal life he read the game so well um and he played i know obviously for england he played as essentially as a sweeper who would come out and you know spot through balls and pick them off 
And if you watch the Argentina game, I think England do it together, but I think he's the main reason more than anyone else. They kind of break Argentina's will long before it goes to penalties. So Beckham is sent off after 50 minutes. So Argentina, in theory, have got 70 minutes to score. Within 20 of those, the, key, the manager subbed off Batistuta and Lopez. They're finished. They're gone. And that's, I forget to come on, Gallardo and someone else. But they, they've kind of broken their will long before the end. But I just what I like about that performance, it was always seen as a backs to the wall, but it kind of wasn't. It was, it was very intense. From Hoddle as well, I thought, I know I've spoken about this before, and I'd love to know what he said to Jacob when he did the book. But I thought his changes were so smart and decisive. I think he moved about five players' positions immediately after Beckham was sent off and set them up in this kind of 4 one Anyway, but I just thought it was a really kind of a continental defensive performance, really. Um, and I don't think Adams gets enough credit for that at the back end of his career in particular. How much that ties in with experience and how much it just ties in with the kind of that newfound serenity he had, I've no idea. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant around that, that stage. The only small thing, he is at fault for Romania's first goal, but... You could kind of pick four in anyone, really. Um, no, absolutely. Except maybe the France back four. So yeah, I'll have him. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think that's one of the best World Cup games I've ever 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 seen. Um, I Finidi does. Yeah, it's just, it's just tempting to just get something maybe a wee bit different. Um, uh, but no, I'll, I'll stick with maybe that. Uh, I'll stick with Koku, but uh, yeah, I, I won't make any changes. Jacob, is anyone you've forgotten about the last minute? You'd, you'd swap one player for. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make my a change up front after we mentioned Cliver because he scores in the quarterfinal and a semi-final, and so mm. Salas is going to come out and Cliver will go in. It's just the, the big, the big game, the big moments, and he and he scores he, against Argentina and. It, um, very new yeah. to score the goal and goal as well. Do you remember when he belts yes. one just wide from a quite a tight angle? Yeah, he's an interesting. He got sent off against Belgium, didn't he? So he doesn't come back until the quarters. But you're yeah. right. I thought in those two games in particular, he was terrific and such a good player around that time. Could kind of do anything, Clive, but really. Link play. Well, he could sort of play strong. as a number ten, couldn't he? Yeah, sort of in the. I always remember because Man United really wanted to sign him and pair him with Dwight York. And I remember there was an interview where he just said in that typically Dutch way. The only English club I'm interested in is Arsenal. It's like a knife <laughs> to my heart. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a brilliant yeah. player. Well, that's annoying because if I hadn't missed <laughs> out, I would have definitely have um, taken Salah. Just again, just try to be complimentary. I know you can have him anyway, now, can't you? No, you no, 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 can go back. My chance, my chance. It goes missed. back that's into the pot. The game. Um, I've passed. Gary, one last final choice and you are very bad well I, I i don't i don't really want to change any of my side which i've mm. quite pleased has, has come out in a quite pleasing fashion but if i had to pick an impact substitute i'd pick a very young thierry Henry. Um, yeah. but the reasons that you know have been said before this is a, a tournament where pace was absolutely critical and um, even at that young age, um, he had speed of thought as well as speed of foot. And uh, you need to go in the last half hour. I bring him on. No okay. No one picked any German players. You know they got to the quarters, albeit a little scruffily, but interesting. They were garbage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and old, really, I think is and again, old. Yeah. yeah. Based on that pace and youth and uh, and that that's mm. what that's what I remember from from France ninety eight. Okay, Gary, very very balanced. Um, 
that pyramid, that Christmas tree with big moment players and Zidane and Bergkamp for sure. Yeah, Dunga and Deschamps, did they get in each other's way or not? I, I don't know. What what do we think of Gary's team? I'll start with Rob. Uh, yeah, um, I don't think they would get in each other's way. No, I think you could easily have to. I mean, that's a proper Fort Knox, isn't it? Mm. Um, and you might need it with a <laughs> no, um Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't pick Karamba, and I, personally, I wouldn't pick Batistuta. I'm torn on Bergkamp for the reasons we discussed. So the rest of the team is pretty good. Shilavar was great. Rise, I think, was okay. I, I mean, I don't remember a huge amount, but um, no, I think it's good. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I don't, I don't, in my, in my memory, and again, it might well be false memory. Karenberg did more at Euro '96 than France '98. Definitely. That's Definitely. just in my yeah. memory, though. But he did play most of the games, and I think he starts the final, doesn't he? He was part he of the, the three, final. Start the three with Deschamps and Petit. So, um, no, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, not, I suppose the one thing I'll say about that team actually looking at it, there is no pace in that team. None. Because like, everyone we've talked about. Well, is, there's, there's well actually, the sole and that's, that, that's where France but I mean, I guess, make that transition in Euro 2000, don't they? They they, they, they yes. use that, and that an base and, and, and Henri and, and an Elka Trezeguet. I mean, just um, is quick enough, isn't he? But he wasn't the, No, I don't think so. But you're not... Maybe every game goes to penalties, Gary. Who cares? Um, well, it's that, that it's, it's solid. It's kind of selected <laughs> because you know one one goal might be enough, um, which is how Italy won the World Cup at sort of eight years later. Uh, so mm. that's how it's turned out. Um, yeah, could do with a could do with pace off the bench for sure. That's starting eleven. Jacob, any thoughts on Gary's before you you sell as your team? Yeah, I mean, hard to get through it. I just, I, I, I like, like you two, I worry about the, the pace. But maybe, maybe just with if you get Zidane and Bergkamp just behind Matistuta, then there's going to be a lot of chances made. Maybe, maybe that maybe you might have wanted some more attacking left, uh, fullbacks to yes to compensate for balance. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, Catherine and Yanni don't um, need any invitation to get forward. I'm happy with that. A lot of uh, a lot of silk in that that midfield, and you do have pace, obviously, with Overmars if he stays fit, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob, Jacob's team looks yeah, yeah. pretty good. A lot it's of it's pace, hard to get a bad team in this tournament, to be honest. Left-footed players, nothing wrong with that, I suppose. Um, yeah, but just, I just keep looking at Ronaldo, really. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, what, thinking what might have been. Um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's very solid. I mean, the, the two, if you want it to be critical, you could say the two full-backs are far better going forward. But Yarni generally played in the back three. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's fine, isn't it? Um, it's tricky, isn't it? Because quite a few players, yeah, exactly. quite a few teams using back three, isn't it? And then... Precisely. So, like, I, I one person I thought about was Anderton, but you couldn't really fit him in because he obviously played as a right wing-back for England. Um, no, I like. I, I do think. I mean, Overman's an interesting one because it's kind of one of the great what ifs of World Cups. Really, had he been fit for Brazil? Because Brazil had a guy playing. Is it Zay Carlos? Because Cafu yeah. was suspended, mm, and I think mm. it was either his debut or his second. I'm pretty sure it was his debut. Um, and you think what Overman's might have done to him? And obviously, he could play both sides. I think he played on both in this tournament. But yeah, um, not quite like actually. I was gonna. I thought might be a bit narrow on the right, but then you've got Cafu kind of bullet train. So he does all mm. that work. So yeah, pretty good. 
Yeah, I like it too. I'm just wondering if Boban was past his best by then. Um, I'm not sure. You're always yeah. going to have that. In, I wasn't in the biggest fan of it. I think he's the one who's at fault for Turam's goal in the semi. But as Martin said, we kind of had discussions about this before. We kind of had lots of different opinions about him. So clearly, you know, clearly a very good player. I, just, I never quite saw what he did beyond kind of a high level of competence. Um, but again, I might have seen the wrong games, you know. We're just going to competence our way to the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I am reasonably happy. I could, I could have had, uh, well, certainly a more disciplined left back than Roberto Carlos. However, I think Zanetti is about as disciplined a fullback as you, you, you disciplined a human being as you possibly can get. I bet his bed is absolutely immaculate every every morning once he gets up. Um, and all for all the the, the praise for Gary's defence, I don't think there's a better centre back pairing than Desai and Frank De Boer, in my opinion. I just worry my midfield's a little prosaic, um, with a lot of energy with David, I think Koku's classy, um, and Rivaldo and uh, Claudio Lopez can thread a ball. Um, and I'm, I'm, my, yeah, Vieri's going to have to do a lot I've, of work and just push it up. I think not only is it the best centre-back, I think they are the two best centre-backs in the tournament, personally. Against yeah. that, you've got eight left-footers in the team, by my calculation. Although Vieri was kind of two-footed. but So that's kind of an interesting balance. Um, but, you know. Do you think Sucur nice and, and Vieri are making the same runs? Not necessarily. No. Well, maybe. No, I, I, as I said, I would have preferred... I would have, uh, If I had free reign... Well, if I had free reign, I'd have Ronaldo. But you know what I mean? If, if um, after he went, um, I would have looked for a Salas or a Brian Loudrup or a, a Bergkamp maybe, um, but I think Verdi's just far more physical um, and just hopefully creates a bit of space and that's all Shukun needs. The two of them, I'm... I mean you're talking about two two strikers I, there's not many better in form, in terms of actual striker-strikers, not the, 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 the new forward that Ronaldo's turning into and turning the game into um and they, in they fairness, were just sensational. Off the top of my head, I've just counted 17 goals in your team, so that's yeah. not bad. And that's without, I haven't been through them all, but obviously Shuka six, Vieri five, Rivaldo three, Lopez one, Zanetti uh, one, Cocky one. Did David get one as well? Yeah, so 18, in fact. Yeah. David's after the goalkeeping yeah. area. Uh, um, yeah. And if it does go to penalties, we can. I, I can, you know, I've, I've got Taffarel, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Um, in this tournament, there seem to be a lot of penalty shootouts. So it's not just kind of the goals that count uh, and the stats. It's you know how effective they were from the spot in the uh, in the shootouts. Of course, uh, England, no to their uh, detriment. Jacob, where have I gone wrong? Where have I gone right? Um, I'm not sure you have gone wrong anywhere. To be honest, looking at that, I just wonder if Claudio Lopez played up front though, didn't he? For um... For Argentina, so so, but if, I guess if you can configure it in some way, you've got a lot of talent in there. I'm not really sure. He would be there. the head of the diamond, I think, and Rivaldo, who was yeah, maybe so a wee bit deeper yeah. in those those days. Yeah, we just uh, we yeah, been on that. Maybe uh, maybe you might get picked off a little bit, but but then you've got Koku and Davids sorting things out, haven't you? So Koku's quite yeah, tactical flexibility is useful because very very, very clever. They can fill him for that clown at left back. <laughs> 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 That's so rude. 
Um, right, Rob. Um, <laughs> can I just say, we, we did this, the England in the 80s, with just three of us, and it was one of the hardest things um, to do. This, there are no... There are no poor teams um, in, in this yeah. particular draft. France 90 is just littered with brilliant players. It's uh, just, I guess, trying to find the, the right balance, etc. Um, yeah, you're, you're, how, how are you feeling, Rob? On how am I feeling? Reflection. You want to you go there? Um, <laughs> no, I think it's pretty good. Uh, fullbacks are obviously the best. Um, kind of argue the rest, really. I quite like, like I said, I think Veron was the Best passer in the tournament, most progressive, or taking the best dribbler. You know, you've all got better defensive midfielders, but I think it's just fine. I, I mean, I suppose if I was looking at it, I'd argue my weakest player is better than your weakest player, but there are areas clearly where you're better. Some or all of you, defensive midfield, centre back, uh, up front up to a point, but I quite like the mix of craft and pace going forwards. Uh, the balance is really good. Veron selected to the left, which we played for Argentina generally, kind of left centre. De Boer to the right gives you a bit more flexibility as well. Um, yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, I, I think they... if, you, if, you, if you go diamond, if you go diamond, Rob, I think that's yeah, that sort of half and half. That might be the best actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit deeper, um, then. but yeah, the only thing is that it's not a very physical team in attack. So there's that. Doesn't Whether mean you won't get any red cards though. or. Oh no, I've got plenty of potential for that in that team, yeah. I mean, do you think um, you've got enough enough finishing, enough scrappy goals in, in there? They're going to score some good goals, but are they going to score enough of the scrappy ones off the backside in the 87th minute? No, I guess that's what Batista used to do well yeah. against weaker nations. At... Yeah. <laughs> God, sorry, I can't understand. <laughs> no, that's no, I know good. what you mean. I know what you mean. I did think about... I don't... Yeah, I, I wasn't sure about the other centre forward. I was thought about Clive for a while, Vieri before he went. But I just quite like the idea of those two because they're both pulled to different wings. You just, there's so much pace and movement there and also quality of passing. So, no, I think it gives you pretty good options. Um, maybe, yeah. No, fair point about scruffy goals. Yeah. Owen hadn't reached that stage of his career yet. I saw him no. score a few scruffy ones later in his career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, although he does, his, he's, he scores a poachers goal against Romania. Yeah. Romania. Oh no, but yeah, poachers goal definitely, but yeah. Do you know what's interesting about it? I did like I quite like looking at the stats of these things, but with the kind of already with the knowledge I have, and there are some players who are really high in the stats you just wouldn't believe. Like Shearer was down as one of England's best players. I don't remember that at all. I mean no. and none of us even discussed him. I mean the one thing he did do yeah. obviously was score two brilliant penalties, but but I just thought by then he was nothing like by obvious reasons because of the injury. They had been in '96. I found that really interesting. Most of them, most of them make kind of sense, you know, the players you'd expect to be there or there. Uh, but he was really high, and I couldn't really understand that. Okay, well, you will decide, listeners. Um, the poll will be out shortly on Twitter X, um, and you get to decide who has managed to construct the best eleven that represents France nineteen ninety eight. Thank you to our guests as always. Thank you, Rob. Cheers. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, thank you, Martin. And a special thanks to Jacob, who didn't know this was a draft until the very last minute, but um, has Sorry. performed splendidly. Like I've got a good memory, so that's all fine. Thanks for having me on. No, our pleasure. Uh, we'll be back soon with another Ness and Dorma draft. Until then, bye for now.